1: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
2: And yes, we're feeling the remnants of the remnants of Hurricane Ian bringing flooding to the Jersey Shore. As there are many weather alerts for sure. Um, Unfortunately, some cars did attempt to drive through all the mess and all the flooding down the shore. And they need to be rescued. But there's a coastal flood warning now extended through 9 o'clock tomorrow night. And that is for the Jersey Shore as well as the Delaware shoreline, I should mention. So unfortunately, this ugly, raw, rainy, windy weather, high winds, we could see storm damage. That's according to National Weather Service with all of these uh, warnings out today. So be safe, baby, as we always say, as you make your way through the region. But I know Route 30 was flooded in both directions. Earlier, we had some lane closures. This morning, I know driving in in the wee hours of the darkness of the morning before the new Nick Kale show, Kale and Company debuted. Um, I know this morning there were a lot of just fender benders, people spinning out. So be safe. It looks like raw rainy weather through Wednesday, then Thursday, finally. Finally, it looks like we'll see sunshine, 74 degrees for Thursday and Friday and into the weekend as we all dry out. So I know many of you, I don't usually take calls at the top. I do want to get to uh, the story on a local mom who's speaking out as her family is embattled and as there's an attempt being made to intimidate and silence her husband, who is um, a, you know, a person of faith, a man of faith, and who went with a rosary, was praying outside a clinic in Philadelphia, an abortion clinic. And now, a year later, what's happening with uh, the Department of Justice? So you'll hear all of that. And we are, I'm always looking up these numbers. So we it looks like on paper, our number, and I always check this. I hate that I have to check it every Monday, especially, 403 souls murdered in the city of Philadelphia. You know, that number does not even represent what's happening here. It does not represent all of the the survivors who remain in the hospital, many of them in ICU as they recover. And so you think about the impact on their families, their children. You think about the impact on the medical community, all the nurses, all the doctors. You know, someone in the medical profession said to me that in Philadelphia, the doctors, the, the medical personnel, nurses, it, it feels like a, they work in a, a war triage unit and that they're some of the best in the world at treating gunshot wounds. I've even heard doctors speak out, and you've heard, you've heard my interviews where they've said that part of the reason we don't have more deaths, homicides due to these uh, gunshot wounds is because that's how good our doctors are in the emergency room when when victims are brought in that if they lived in another part of the country another part of the world there's no way they would survive so it's a testament to our incredible medical community and you are first responders our paramedics we've heard about police officers rushing people in their cruiser in their vehicle rushing them to get to a hospital to save lives that's what's happening this is philadelphia it's not acceptable I know we have a couple calls. Anthony, Jimmy, who's calling? Can you put it up for me?
1: Yes, we have Rita on line one.
2: Hey, Rita. How you doing, Ms. Dawn? Love you, Ms. Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> Love you back, Rita. Thanks for calling. Okay.
3: Here's the reason why I called. Remember, they have an orchestrated plan. The corner boys running around, shooting, killing people. They're going to use him as an excuse to shut down the country. You will not be permitted to go anywhere. You will have to tell them where you're going, how long you're going to be, what you have in your pocket. Everything will be monitored, and they're going to use them as the excuse. Remember, the corner boy is not that smart, but that's what we're headed for. Also, the old electoral system, they're not here anymore. Your fight is against communism. Some people are serious. They wanted this country for over 100 something years. They have made tremendous progress. They're not going to stop
2: now. That's our problem. So, what do you think? What do you think about, for example, uh, Philadelphia Police Commissioner Danielle Outlaw, Mayor Jim Kenney, and their policies? Which there are changes, as well as uh, DA Larry Krasner. Let's take the three of them together. Oh, that thing. Okay, right. See, this is what I told the police. I said that woman, that
3: police commissioner, is going to destroy this department. She brought this thing down to the knees. Now, if you notice, now they're going after the cop's pension. So you get into a fight or shot or something. They're not coming. You can't blame them. Um, Look at the cop that got in trouble for uh, sex with the children. If he's found guilty, they're going to take his pension. So they told me he had a wife. or something. I said, well, she better go get a job or something because they're going to take the whole thing. See, this is designed to get the money back. And you remember, what's his name? President Roosevelt, he need to be dug up and struck in the head with an ax. So I'm going to tell you why. They never intended for the people to get that Social Security money. We was all supposed to be dead. <laughs> How do you like that, Ms. Dorn? If you set up something like that right now, had a private company, they would put you in jail.
2: Only the politicians are allowed to get away with this mess. Yeah, well said. Rita, thank you for calling. I love your take. I do. And I, and I just think that, you know, as we as we evaluate what's happening, there is a disconnect, isn't there? There's such a disconnect between those of us who live here and feel it and see it and witness it day in and day out. And that common sense approach. And I hope we keep our, our roots and our common sense, um, you know, and, and that we remain steadfast in our you know relentless push for freedom freedom of speech and that's the other part of this that you think about all the lawmakers who keep calling this gun violence and saying well we have to crack down on the guns and what that means and that's why in in the community in the city of Philadelphia i think more than ever residents are saying no 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 you're not you're not cracking down on gun, legal gun ownership you need to crack down on criminals and yes I guess they're making these things with 3D machines. I guess they're getting them in the mail with these mail order guns that we've heard about. And they come in separate parts and you just put it together. I have to wonder if that's why we have all these guns jamming all the time. If that's because they were put together. Are they, you know, stolen firearms? We had the gun shop robbed. I mean, it's all connected. And we know that. It's all interconnected. But we need to speak specifically it's about illegal guns and getting them off the streets. But instead, the answer by government officials is to do what they know, which is to control us and to rob us, the legal, the, the law abiding citizens, to rob us of our freedoms. And so that's the ruse. And that's what we have to say. No, you know, just say no. Right. Who else is calling?
1: Uh, sure. We have Terry here online. Too. Hey, Terry morning don thanks for taking a call i just like to say to you that since you've come on of all the the hosts that i've spoken to over time to me you're the best because i i will disagree with most of what you say or any of them say but most of them hang up on me if, like they won't let me talk like if somebody's calling in and agreeing with them a hundred percent They'll talk with them and talk with them, and they could be babbling, and it wouldn't matter as long as they're agreeing with them. Me, mm-hmm. I'll say things, and then they cut me off. They actually make fun of me after they hang up.
2: That's not, which and is, that's not what you know. That's, that's yep. You know that's not what I'm about.
1: No, I know, and and I'm telling you that all comes from Donald Trump, I believe, because he's he turned on the worst switch. Now you did call somebody an idiot, which I think you should have said he's not very well educated in law or something, but you don't <laughs> call people names. This is wrong for people to be doing this in our country. But the reason I actually called you today was about Doug Mastriano.
3: Okay, And
1: I'd like, I'd like to know from Doug Mastriano if he's still an election denier, because that's what I heard he is, number one. Number two, is he for our legislators in this state of Pennsylvania to be able to overturn an election because the people vote and they can say it was fraud and everything else, but they haven't proven it. Donald Trump went to court 60 times, 40 of the judges that overruled him were appointed by him. So if you don't believe them, I don't know what you believe, but I do know he's full of it and he's a grifter. He will take everybody's money and run to the bank. And as a billionaire, and people didn't vote for Romney, who I, I liked Romney. I didn't like his politics. But people didn't vote for him because he was a billionaire, and they knew he was full of it. And they'll, they'll take care of the rich. The rich take care of the rich. They don't take care of the middle class or the poor. That's most of us in this country, 99%. So I, I'm, I'm just sick of this. And with Mastriano, if he's denying Biden won the election, then he's in that crowd of liars. <laughs> That's it.
2: Well, okay, first, my dad would probably, because my dad will be texting me, you know, you should just say dingbat. Don't call somebody an idiot. That's a little Dawn. You don't usually say that. Okay, so he's a a dingbat. We'll say that. Um, Number two. (laughs) Well, I'm saying it tongue-in-cheek, and I think everybody knows me, but I, 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 I will agree that it's, well, the thing we shouldn't call people when we're losing an argument is to call somebody or a racist or a sexist or something ist and we see that on both sides as well. So I I agree to some extent with the the name calling situation. I would say as as far as Donald Trump, I think that when I heard last week that Trump uh, was holding some kind of a Zoom or phone fundraiser for Doug Mastriano who's running for governor and then into the phone call which I think was only 15 minutes about halfway through it I reportedly because we can't get the audio Reportedly, um, former President Trump brought up the past election. So I don't know for a fact that Doug Mastriano is, is talking or wants to talk about the past election. I will only tell you that nobody in our country with what we've been through wants to hear about the past election. So I, as a voter who's concerned moving forward, I just think it's, it's a no brainer that we, we we can't focus on the past election. And in truth, there are laws set in place that once once somebody's sworn in, the law the law of the land, no matter what you think happened, even if somebody came today and said, you know what, remember when it was really close and we were counting the hanging Chads in Florida and it was Al Gore versus Bush and they made a determination, if somebody came forward and said, you know, they miscounted those hanging chads, and guess what, Al Gore really won, I would hope that Gore and Bush would both come forward in a very classy way and say, you know what, folks? We've moved on. Everybody needs to Uh, move on.
1: That example is a great example because what Al Gore did back then, he said, he thought, because of what happened down there in Florida, he won. But he said, And this is something that Donald Trump should have said, but he's not a man enough to do this because Al Gore said, I'm not going to take this to court. I'm going to allow this to go through. He won the election now because this will divide our country. And that's what's wrong with Donald Trump. He is all about divisiveness and dividing us because you know what? You divide and you conquer the people, all of us
2: well i I disagree on that point but I thank you for your call and I, I always appreciate Thanks. everybody's opinions I truly do because think about what I say all the time that for example college campuses right now or even high schools you know that the fact that some high school students or some college students feel like in a class they're not allowed to raise their hand and discuss an issue and that's wrong and so if I didn't take Terry's phone call I would be such a hypocrite I will say this about what Terry said. I actually don't think that Trump is trying to be divisive. I actually don't. I just think he can't. He's somebody who genuinely, obviously he genuinely feels like this was taken from him and he's not able to let it go. And I wish that he would because I (laughs) I think it's bad for him actually. Uh, and the the weird part of this is that people were so sick and tired of hearing about the past election. As I've said, it's it's almost like that that couple you know they broke up, let's say a divorce, and then every time you see that friend, that's all they're bashing their ex, and they're just obsessed with it. And after a while, you're like, oh my gosh, I've got my own problems. I don't want to. And that's kind of how I think people people got what what changed that. And the game changer was ironically when Mar a Lago was in fact raided. And then everybody said, oh, my goodness, if they're going to do this unprecedented situation to a former president at his private residence, and there's more news with that today, that actually gave steam to uh, former President Trump and I think brought a lot of people back to say, you know what, this guy has been persecuted wrongfully and people who just were done with it, whether or not they believed whatever about the past, we've been through hell. We have. We have with the pandemic with our ch- children shut out of schools with businesses shut down i mean just name i mean the economy look at the the border situation the fentanyl deaths i mean oh my goodness it's overwhelming the past several years feel like don't they feel like a decade so i think because people have been so embattled and we've been we've been through it and i think people did not want to hear about the past election they wanted to just move forward so ironically, DOJ doing that situation and forcing through that raid of Mar-a-Lago kind of revived everything. But I think, honestly, I think the reason that Trump was was popular and remains popular is that he is always seen as somebody who is an outlier, right? He's not a bureaucrat. He's not a career politician. And he's somebody who, when when they voted him in, nobody thought he could win. And so people thought, you know what, why would this billionaire run? Why would he do this? What else, what could be his motive? And even now, he's lost so much, and he's and they continue to drag him through the courts, even with uh, Tish James in, in New York, and it's a ridiculous case. And so people, I think, have, have come back to Trump now because they feel like, you know what, if uh, this is going to happen to a former president and a billionaire who's able to afford to defend himself, What are they going to do to our liberties? So I think that's real. But I think he's somebody that resonates with people because he can't help but be transparent. He can't help himself. He says it like it is. And even when, even if you support former President Trump, even if you support him right now, you know full well there are times when he puts something out there on Truth Social, you think, oh, please keep your truth to yourself. And it happened on Twitter. Even if you're a 100%... MAGA Trump supporter sometimes there were times when you grit your teeth and say oh please stop tweeting that stop but he can't help himself and what does that mean that it's refreshing that he's not a slick talker he's not somebody who even has that ability to be a big fat liar and uh and go on and act in a disingenuous way so you do what you know where he stands and you know ultimately that he kept his campaign promises and he meant it and he did things that no other president did before and he got results and we had that economy, we had the jobs, we had everything, we had it all until the pandemic struck. So it's, it's that case of sometimes we all know people, their best qualities are sometimes their worst enemies working against them. That that's my take on Trump. But if not for that Mar-a-Lago raid, I think that DeSantis you watch you watch him now still DeSantis in the polls, just rising. But DeSantis in Florida, and we'll, talk, well I'll have a Florida update for you as well. But DeSantis just continues to move up in the polls as people think they wish privately that that Trump would just be a, be a kingmaker, be a media mogul but let DeSantis proceed, because he is skilled, he's also proven, but he could represent a new generation and attract a whole new group of of voters. But we'll talk more, we'll have the conversation. I'm always listening, and I take the time to listen, yes, to all the different viewpoints, because I I feel like I'm putting my money where my mouth is. If I say that we deserve to have a voice and we should not be canceled. I'm not gonna cancel you. Even if you disagree, we can respectfully disagree. We respect one another and we have dignity and that's what's due here. And I feel that what our city leaders currently are doing is they are disrespecting us. And yes, they are disrespecting life in all forms, but they're disrespecting the lives of Philadelphians. And unlike what they do, I'm not accusing them of racism. You can make your own conclusions, but this would not be tolerated. This crime rate, this lawlessness, this chaos would never be tolerated in the suburbs. It is being tolerated in Philadelphia. And you cannot blame the police because the police under past administrations, and just ask Michael Nutter, ask him, ask Ed Rendell, ask him, go on Twitter, ask them. They never tolerated this. John Street, former mayor, named mayor after mayor, Nobody would have tolerated this. Nobody. Why is this happening? We have the right to the answers and ask the questions. I'm Dawn Stensland. This is The Dawn Show. Be right back.
4: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
2: Updating you on what's happening in Philadelphia. We have no arrests reported after that chaos broke out, making national news, by the way, in Philadelphia, 4th and Market. And as I mentioned, you know, I'm familiar with 4th and Market because it's where I worked, where I anchored the Fox 10 o'clock news for many years back when we were number one on the Fox 29, 10 o'clock news, the 10 o'clock news. But, um, you know, 4th and Market and then 5th and Market a block over, when I first started, and I was, you know, young cub reporter working at CBS3 at the time, was located there at Fifth and Market, and then, of course, they moved to Spring Garden to make way for the, the, the beautiful Jewish Museum, which is nationally acclaimed, um, at Fifth and Market, which is right there by the Liberty Bell Independence Hall, of course. And so you think about the significance of this area and the chaos that unfolded over the weekend with hundreds of of people on foot converging in that area, causing vandalism and so on, but also in cars. And so it looks like an orchestrated event, perhaps on social media. And so we continue to update that one. We have Stephanie calling in from, I believe Delaware, Are you is it Delaware County or the state of Delaware? Hey, Stephanie. Hi Dawn. No, I'm in the state of Delaware.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I live in the state. I live in, in uh, Newark, Delaware. Yes. Okay. Um. So, I couldn't let that last caller go without, without chiming in. Um, I heard two main things from his, two kind of main points that he made. And one was that he objected to you kind of insulting someone by calling them an idiot and kind of tied that into his, you know, outrage that Trump has a tendency to do the same. And he finds that divisive. The one thing I guess that really struck me is. We have a sitting president who went on national television and insulted more than half of the country by calling us the biggest threat to democracy. I'm one of those people. There are no words for what that feels like. Mm -hmm. And so it was very interesting to me that people on the left tend to seem to ignore when we get insulted and being called an idiot. Certainly I'd find other words, Um, you know, we're all human but the president that he defends called us the biggest threat to democracy and that identified us as domestic terrorists. Yeah. So I guess I would really love to have someone speak to that. And the last point I wanted to make is for the entire four years of Trump's presidency, almost the entire Democratic machine denied that election. Mm-hmm. All of them, for the most part.
2: And Hillary Clinton when leading we, leading the charge. Oh,
5: right. exactly. <laughs> Let us not forget. Exactly. And she, and she still does it. So how come when they did it for four years, it was okay? But when we have a concern, we are not only called um, domestic terrorists, but election deniers. The yes. hypocrisy on the left is beyond the pale. And I am a, a mental health therapist. The constant psychological projecting that comes from them is really something that i cannot believe i'm living to see yeah. so i would encourage that caller to consider those two points um and and consider you know when he chooses to vote if those are two issues for him he might want to take a good hard look in the mirror of the party he supports
2: and you know you're coming from what i love to stephanie you're actually coming as as somebody who sees patience and oh, yeah. coming from mm-hmm. you, you know, you're seeing the mental health aspect of this, and and I'm oh, one yes, of the I'm one of those people too. And when that speed, because we were driving at that point, it was a Thursday night, so we were our family was driving to the shore, so we didn't even see the visual of the red lights. And my kids immediately said, oh, yeah. "Wow, this is like Darth Vader," and that's how we came up with the name mm-hmm. hashtag Darth Biden because of those weird <laughs> red lights. And then. Right. Using right. the the U.S. Marines right be, right behind yes. the president in Philadelphia, so we just heard the yeah. message, which horrified us. And mm-hmm. my husband, Larry Menti, attorney, goes, "Oh, I hope, I hope this doesn't, I don't know, incite somebody to somehow think it's okay to commit you, you, violence against somebody."
5: Right, except that right, right, except that it did when the eighteen-year-old out west, you know, in the Midwest, was run yes. over by someone because of that. But that's okay. I mean, it's. I, I let me tell you, I have a lot of patriots in my practice who are beside themselves. The fear that they have, the worry that they have, it's obvious what's happening in a country. Yeah. And talk about dividing people. I, I don't think Trump did anything that was as divisive as going on national TV and with a spectacle like that, calling people that are God-fearing, Constitution-loving Americans terrorists. Yeah. I mean, that is that is terrible. That that is. That that this this the people who support the the former Democratic Party should really hold their party accountable. That party left them long ago. They are clinging to what no longer really exists. Yeah. But to accuse Dungo Antriano of being an election denier when Hillary Clinton to this day still denies that the 2016 election was fair is 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 really kind of laughable.
2: Yeah, and I think. You know, to the same point, Hillary Clinton at some point even to Democrats became you know people kind of rolled their eyes because she still can't stop talking about it. And so, to your right. point, I think whoever it is, whether they're a Democrat or Republican, whatever, if at some point you can't let something go, whether it's a, a past election or a ex ex spouse or whatever it is, if you can't let it go and move forward, and especially. During painful times, economic pain, economically painful yes. times, mm-hmm. we're learning now all the shutdowns of the schools. I mean, oh. everything is upside down. <laughs> everything, busy, right? right.
5: I, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, my practice was never busier. And I actually had colleagues who left the field because it was incredibly overwhelming to do this work. Um, and I cut my, my own practice back because I, it, it became really unmanageable. Nobody wants to talk about what the mental health, um, effects were and how we're still living through all of that. I mean, it, it is no one, no one cared. And if you cared, and if that was an issue that you brought up, you know, we were accused of being all kinds of other crazy things. Um, it's, it's a terrible, it's a terrible time to be someone who is, is patriotic. It's, Really terrible, um, and I, I, the hypocrisy is is really something I just can't believe that we are living through. So, yes, those kinds of comments that Biden made they reverberate in practices like mine. on and the saying Yes. Can I
2: absolutely. ask you for being a conservative woman, uh, in, more than even a, a, a male, but a woman, because I've heard more and more from friends who've said. Even I have a friend who left one job, went to another, because um, somebody realized she tried not to say ever say anything. Um, I've had moms talk about, like, when mm-hmm. Trump was president and say, well, he's mm-hmm. doing a good job with the economy. Just say a little comment. And they felt like they were just, you know, they felt a barrage. Do you think? Oh, sure. What do you see? I mean, is it more for conservative women that they feel under attack?
5: Um. I mean, you know, again, my experience is anecdotal, um, but I am seeing it in, from males and females. Um, you know, I have, I, I, I see it in in both in both places. I mean, I have people that are, you know, petrified to quit their jobs, um, afraid to speak up. Um, I mean, the, the people don't understand what it feels like to have the president of the United States, or what he can, you might consider the president. Mm-hmm. Um, call you the biggest threat to democracy and label you a domestic terrorist for the most yeah. part. There are there are no words for what that lands like. And that that should be that is not without consequence. And so I'm imploring upon the people like that last caller, take a look in the mirror. And I will I, I will if I if I may, I'm I am a co-chair of the Delaware election integrity task force. There are several of us that are grassroots group of of concerned Delawareans that wanted to take a deep dive into what happened in our own election in 2020. And I will say this, there are holes that have needed to be plugged for a long time across this country. There shouldn't be a darn thing wrong with trying to address what some of those are that were born out of what happened in 2020. And to be told that we're election deniers, when you see, again, across the board, it is ridiculous. It's just it, it, it's so insulting. And that is divisive. That remains divisive. And the, in the party that is in, 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 in um, power now, they are also driving that narrative. Mm-hmm. Let's not remember, it's not just Trump that continue to object. The commercials that we're seeing, that's the first thing they lead with, election mm-hmm. deniers. Right. When you did it for four years. So it seems to me it should be an issue that they, the left takes off the table.
2: Stephanie, thank you and so hate, much for your yeah. th- for your yeah. you're thank very you for thoughtful. You vent my concerns. <laughs> no, and you're very <laughs> yeah, thoughtful and yeah. coming from the, the medical side of things and the mental health concerns that you have. And I hope Terry's still listening because I do think it's an important conversation. It's important to point out um, that, in other words who who benefits from dividing us, all of us? Who benefits? Look at look at the websites of whatever career politician you want to look at and then look at the divisive issues that they pump up and the emails and texts that you get. And so the career politicians and political parties, they benefit from dividing us, divide and conquer. So it's why they want to, for example, divide the women's vote with maybe the abortion issue so that that's going on. Second Amendment doesn't seem to gain traction anymore for, for whatever reason, but look at the issues, they're hot button issues. And then let's also track the fact then how are they not incentivized? In other words, they're de-incentivized, if you will, to not solve the problems. Because why would you solve a problem that then puts you out of your fundraising business? So we we all have to be we have to be bigger than this. We all have to look at all of this, look around us and say, why are they trying to divide us with these issues? Why aren't they trying to solve the issues? Because that would be rational thinking. So I think more and more, we just need less career politicians. And I don't really care who it is anymore. I just want people in there who will do their job. If they don't do their job, I want them to be fired And the way we fire people. We do that lawfully, and we do that during an election. So I hope during the, next, during the midterms, we fire a whole lot of people. And we bring in people who are given the chance to make a change and to look rationally at what's going on and figure it out and come up with a plan. But I'm telling you, if they don't, if they just play more politics, I want to fire them too. That's my take because it's too important. It's all about us. We don't work for them. So, you know, that, that's my, my ultimate feeling that they're not, it's not one candidate or the other trying to divide us. These are political parties and it's about money. It's about power and they're fighting over your vote because they want the power. And I think that they're drunk on the power for crying out loud. You look at what's happening. All right. Do we have one more call really quick before we take a break? And then I do want to hear from the suburban mom. We have to take a a quick break. I know that I have a a call from somebody who works in an emergency room setting that um, can talk about that and what's happening in real time, but You will hear from just a a heartbroken mom who's dealing with something none of us should ever have to deal with. It's all just ahead right here on The Dawn Show. So another conservative woman in Bucks County out on the campaign trail knocking on doors, I'm assuming, for Oz and Mastriano. Another Dawn is on the line. Hey, Dawn. Hey, Dawn. This is Dawn DiLuigi. (laughs) Fox first, America first, grassroots campaign. And so uh, you're knocking on doors?
4: I am. Actually, I'm working as a, a door knocker for Mastriano and for Oz and for anyone that will listen to what's wrong with why is the GOP not covering this, getting signs out, getting literature out, supporting their candidates that are are grassroots guys. And Mastriano is a gem. And we need people out there. We need them. Bucks County is lacking. Um, I'm noticing when I knock on doors that people aren't really aware. There's not enough people knocking. And our GFC
2: support is not as good as it could or should be. And so what kind of reaction do you get, uh, you know, when you're knocking on doors and talking to people?
4: Most of the people that are hardcore, and I'm hitting – Soft Dems and unaffiliated and, um, you know, people that are independent, soft mm-hmm. Republicans. Most people say they like things the way they are. They're worried about Fetterman. That seems to be a big issue as being not for them. But as far as with Doug uh, Mastriano, I'm getting that they think they're just fine with Shapiro. So I'm giving them um, top issues. Um, inflation and crime and individual rights, such as masking, individual liberties, education, following the student, all of those things, and they don't seem that aware. Most are willing to listen. Mm-hmm. Most are going out to the polls. I'm having a harder time with people who say they love what's happening with Shapiro, and they love everything that's going on, which it's hard to change that philosophy until you give them the facts. And they're willing to listen. They're very willing. But we need people out here who just want to get out and vote. And that's what we're trying to do. Republicans need to really hit the pavements, get out and vote, tell your friends. We need a a mass polling charge.
2: (laughs) Well, Dawn, thank you for (laughs) calling and you know, thanks for being part of the process. That's just it. You know, I always, I'm always disappointed when I meet somebody. Thank you, Dawn. I meet somebody and they say, "Oh, I never vote. I can't make a difference." But people who are, you know, you're getting involved. You're having conversations with people, and it's usually, it's usually a great interaction. So if you've never gotten involved, and that's something that you feel you have a call to action, I highly recommend it. I want to take um, Coleman real quick because Coleman has a unique perspective. When I talked about the violence in Philadelphia, and thanking our first responders, our paramedics, medical professionals, doctors, nurses. Hey, Coleman.
6: Good morning. How are you?
2: Good. Thanks for calling.
6: Well, thanks for taking my call. So I just want to give you and your listeners a, a realistic perspective of what's going on in the city. Because I heard you speak on the gun violence, which is very real. Yeah the police officers a lot of times arrive on location prior to the first responders, i.e. the ambulance crew. Mm -hmm. So as a result, they have to do what's called scoop and run in the street. They have to load this gunshot victim into their cruiser, rush them to the hospital, which one of them I work at in protective services, security, rush them to the hospital. And then we come out with a stretcher, and extract that gunshot victim, put him onto the stretcher, and rush him inside of the ER. And that happens more times than what's even officially reported.
2: That's, that's, you know, what is One that thing, like then to be prepared for that? Because it sounds like it's just, it's not if, but when it happens.
6: And, and to be honest with you, we have to prepare for it. We have stretchers strategically placed throughout the hospital because we don't know at what location the gunshot victim is going to show up at. Sometimes if we're lucky, they come in by police cruiser. But a lot of times they come up in personal vehicles They just pull up to the entrance. And so because we had the wherewithal to have stretchers placed throughout the hospital, we can grab an awaiting stretcher and then pull them, pull them out of the vehicle and then take them to the emergency room. So it's, it's very, very disheartening. Uh, it's very hard because you do not know if these victims are going to make it. And you don't know what condition that they're in when you pull them out of the vehicle. It could be any type of gunshot wound. Yes. And a lot of times they're young men that are dying, Ugh. getting shot in the street and then being brought into the hospital in a last ditch effort to save their lives.
2: Well, thank you for the great job that you're doing. I always thank our first responders, medical you know, professionals like yourself. Coleman, thank you so much for that perspective. I appreciate you. Thanks, Coleman. Do I have to take another quick break or can we go on? Can we listen to uh, – can we go on? Give me a heads up. We have a new studio set up, so we're still getting acclimated. So uh, thanks for bearing with us. This is The Dawn Show. I'm Dawn Stensland. You can find me on Twitter at Dawn Stensland. And looking at Philly Crime Stats, the official number as of early this morning, well, actually updated, but it's 407 homicides. So we are on track to surpass last year's record number of homicides in Philadelphia. Last year, it was 562. And and tragically, that number um, is expected to be exceeded. I hope not. I hope we can shut this down, this culture of violence in philadelphia but this is what's happening i also want to share what's happening um a disturbing situation that's making national news and this as october is respect for life respect life month and whether we want to say that these crime stats show a disrespect for human life in philadelphia whether to you that means um when life begins as a so-called pro-life stance, but it is October is respect for life month. And it, it, it's no coincidence that right before a major midterm election, we have the home of a prominent Catholic leader and volunteer and um, community leader as well. Mark Hauck, We've talked a lot about this case arrested the home surrounded by dozens of federal agents and they've confirmed that and then he was pulled from his home and arrested and taken away in handcuffs in front of his wife who's a a homeschooling mom god bless her homeschool one kid or two kids but to homeschool seven that's a lot in bucks county which we've talked a lot about and so um, i had tried to get her here on the dawn show the attorneys for the family, for Mr. Hauk, have suggested, and I, I know uh, Brian McMonigle's one of the one of the best in the nation, nationally recognized. He's representing the family. Fundraising experts or uh, fundraising advocates have raised more than $100,000 for the family to help pay the legal defense. And a lot of you have said this seems like overreach, that the Department of Justice under President Joe Biden would come after a pro-life Catholic athlete. Uh, athlete. Um, yes, athletics are always on my mind on Monday after all the football and my kids playing sports. But a, a pro-life advocate that a year after a scuffle happened outside of an abortion clinic resulting in zero criminal charges by police and the DA's office, it went through all those filters. It went through the, through the courts, through a civil court. Nothing happened. And so now, now right before... A midterm election, this pro life advocate, Catholic dad, husband is extracted from his home, arrested, taken out in handcuffs in front of his family. I call that intimidation. I call it overreach by this Department of Justice. It just feels wrong. That's my instinct. It's not it's not proper and it's I think a misuse of resources of FBI resources. And I wonder if all of those agents, dozens of agents who were there, if they really felt like that's why they signed up for the FBI. I doubt it. But um, Mrs. Houck recently spoke out on the Tucker Carlson on Fox um, before the lawyers had said she shouldn't speak out. And I'm in talks to try to get uh, one of the family spokespeople on here on the Dawn Show. But let's listen in as she describes what happened. What happened that that morning? Um, what happened as they are startled to see agents outside their home? Listen in.
1: And to confirm it, we are joined now by Mark Houck's wife, Ryan Marie Houck. She was there when the FBI raided her home and took her husband away. Mrs. Houck, thanks so much for joining us. What, tell us your and, and I should say you're also joined uh, by your attorney, whom, whom we're grateful to have. Um, but first, Mrs. Houck, what, what was this experience like for you and for your children?
0: Um, well, uh, it was, um, devastating. I mean, as you can imagine, it's, I mean, it's hard to even express, um, the victimization and, you know, how, how traumatized we all are, um, due to this unnecessary, um, thing that happened to us, you know, so. How,
5: how how many FBI agents, I, I, it's hard even to imagine, given that neither you nor your husband nor any of your seven children have been charged with a violent crime or accused of violence. um, How many FBI agents with guns would you estimate showed
1: up at your house?
0: Um, It it had to have been 20, 25, 30. I mean, uh, we have a large property. Um, My entire front yard, um, you could barely see it. It was covered with at least 15 Um, big trucks and cars. And there were, uh, you know, like I said, 20, 25, 30 uh, men, women uh, completely in jackets with shields and helmets and guns. And they were behind cars. It was, I mean, something I never would expect to see on my front lawn.
2: And so I just want to point out as well that the FBI confirmed that there were dozens of agents out there. So that's not, none of her description, nothing like that is being refuted. Although uh, I think somebody along the way said SWAT, maybe she said a SWAT team, meaning a large group of, you know, federal agents. And so immediately there was pushback. Oh, the SWAT was never there. Okay. Well, this is a person who's never seen (laughs) any agents or, you know, cops, you know, surrounding her home in person. And You know, it was pretty emotional and shocking and all of that. So maybe she misspoke and said SWAT rather than FBI agents, etc. Do we have the part of um, the attorney or do we just have her? Do we have any more with her? I don't know if we do or not. Sorry. We're we're in a new setup here, so we're having trouble communicating. But is there more? Okay. Apparently not. Okay. Um, They went on to talk about the fact her attorney... Peter Breen went on to talk about the fact that it was reckless, outrageous. And as far as Mr. Hauk, I know many of you are concerned for him. He, was, he did have an appearance at CJC at the Federal Building here in Philadelphia. And he's pleading not guilty to these charges. And in fact, they feel that he will be cleared of all of this because he did not commit, they say, any federal crime. And especially when you think about the fact that it went through a civil court, that judge threw it out. Our DA did not think it rose to the occasion of criminal charges. The police, the Philadelphia police, did not think it rose to the level of criminal charges. But during all the crime, all the lawlessness that's happening in Philadelphia, it's lost on, should be lost on none of us, that this is the focus of President Joe Biden's Department of Justice. This is who they want to crack down on, when in fact we have a record tragic number of homicides, including homicides. Of children outside their schools. That's what's happening. This is real. This is our Philadelphia. And this is The Dawn Show. Be right back.
0: We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of
1: four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch.